Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm very excited today to introduce Scott Helton. He has been called a purveyor of holistic awesomeness. How many people do you know (laughs) who can say that? (laughs) We've had several conversations and just really clicked and on the same page about so many things and he's a really good guy and very knowledgeable so I think you're going to find this really interesting. He's that biohacker guy who religiously drinks his bulletproof coffee in the mornings. He listens to podcasts on double speed, practices Wim Hof breathing in Bikram yoga, revels in esoteric research and spends vacations at leading edge health conferences or exploring ancient megalithic sites. Scott also likes to increase the diversity of his microbiome. Everybody should know what a microbiome is by now by hiking through pristine forests and jungles. He took his first series of self-awareness seminars at the age of 13, which jump-started his lifelong search for truth about life's biggest questions. His passion? It's creating a healthy lifestyle, society, and environment that is symbiotic with the highly intelligent ways of nature. Scott loves inspiring others to live more authentic, healthier, and happier lives. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Janine. It's great to speak with you and, and to your audience. Yeah, I'm really excited. You sent me a wonderful little list of things that we could cover, and I went, ooh, 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 as I was looking at all of them. There, there, uh, you know, everything you you listed is are things that I'm interested in, and that uh, I I think our listeners would be interested in too. Every time we've had a conversation, I've really resonated with everything you said as well, and. Um, you've got a great uh, Telegram page as well. I've been checking out. So, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, Telegram is is. Um, I'm trying to get people off of uh, Messenger, try, using Messenger uh, to connect with me because it's a lot easier for me to share information on Telegram. And Telegram is so far still private and secure, and right. uh, you don't get censored there. So. Uh, I like using, thing. <laughs> yeah, I like using Telegram. I have actually I haven't posted on Facebook in I don't know how long. I, I stopped because I was getting I was getting shadow banned and you know, it just it just wasn't worth it to to post on Facebook. I don't need to I draw agree. I draw enough attention to myself, I'm sure, with this. <laughs> I don't need to draw anything else. <clears throat> yep, so, I'm with you. So we were talking about terrain model versus germ theory. And I'd like to start there because that's something that I'm really interested in. I've been researching. I have a pretty good understanding, but I'm not clear enough yet to really talk about it too much to other people. Um, I I need to, it takes me a while with something new to build a, a, a solid enough foundation so that I can share with others. But I wanted to hear what your your take on the terrain uh, model, terrain theory is, and uh, how it's different from germ theory. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it's it's important anytime we come up against new ideas that um, maybe are much different than what we've heard in the past, mm-hmm. and it, um, is to understand uh, that in many different areas, I think, I believe, and I'm sure you do too, through all of our research that we've done through mm-hmm. years and years, <laughs> that uh, we as a society have really been given 
the wrong map uh, in which to understand um, so many things about life. And one of them is is health and wellness. And um, um, if people have, if your audience hasn't heard of terrain theory, bioterrain theory, um, it was really popularized by um, a genius of his time. He was kind of like a da Vinci, really, um, in the late 1800s. This guy's name was um, Antoine Beauchamp. Mm-hmm. And um, he was uh, putting together this um, this model of understanding uh, the bioterrain of nature and how it relates to the ecology within the, the human body as well. So, and he did his, you know, really extensive investigations and research um, in, into understanding this and trying to come up with a, a valid theory. Um, but at the same time, there was um, another um, doctor uh, in uh, France at the same time. So they were uh, colleagues at the time, I guess you could say, uh, it was uh, Louis Pasteur. And Pasteur and um, Antoine Beauchamp actually held the same position at the same university at one point, I think it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and when you dig back in history, and there's several books that have been written about this, but um, Beauchamp was actually the genius. He, yeah, he was the one that was really the, um, the, the guy who came up with the ideas and um, did the research to understand and all this. And Pasteur is, this has been shown many times, that he actually plagiarized Beauchamp. And because, um, so yeah, um, Pasteur, believe it or not, was kind of a fraud, if you want to think of it that way. But mm-hmm. he, at the time, he was in the social circles of the aristocrats, the wealthy, you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and whatnot. Um, they, and they, you know, wanted to promote his view of it, which was a twisted version of Beauchamp's idea because it made germs and viruses and all these microorganisms that are within us as a threat. And so mm-hmm. they saw, you know, dollar signs in their eyes because they were starting the pharmaceutical company at that time. And, um, yeah, a lot of these, yeah, the Rockefellers, Carnegie's, all these guys are behind the, um, Western medicine, allopathic medicine model. Right. And so they really promoted Pasteur's ideas, but, uh, Pasteur wasn't really, a great um, researcher in his own right. He he really stole a lot of the ideas from Beauchamp and then twisted them to fit his his idea that was, you know, popular with those with those luminaries at the time, the wealthy billionaires at the time. Interesting. And I also read that Pasteur was a much better uh, promoter of himself. Beauchamp really wasn't. Right. <clears throat> Which is interesting, isn't it? Because most of the people that you know, the, the guys that really fully understand things like health and wellness, that they, they don't do a lot of self-promotion. They're not right. really interested in it. They're not driven by money and power and fame. They're driven by uh, knowledge, by truth and mm-hmm. wisdom. And that's what drives them. And, um, you know, guys like Nikola Tesla, who interesting was around the same time, interestingly, um, Walter Russell and um, Walter Russell, Walter Russell really um, promoted a lot of Beauchamp's ideas as well. Um, and, and that guy was another fantastically genius man at the time. Um, but his ideas were suppressed much like Tesla's. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's basically the, the terrain theory is instead of thinking of things in terms of germ warfare theory, which is kind of how we do our, uh, foreign affairs, right. <laughs> because, uh, that we, we understand at a certain point that that, you know, 
ends up in in a worse situation, just like I mean, Afghanistan's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at our bodies and nature as um, ecosystems, and they're they're guided by some kind of um, intelligence, whatever you want to label that intelligence, God, the universe, the life force, the you know the Higgs field. Uh, there's so many n- mm-hmm. names for that, but it's a an organizing, orchestrating power behind it nature basically we we know that nature is capable of doing things that we never thought possible and um it's guided by something an oak tree comes from that little seed and somehow it knows how to unfold as an oak tree eventually Mm -hmm. the human body is an amazing miraculous thing that that comes from that little zygote and then develops into a functioning human body but um so it's it's this idea that nature is not based on competition like Darwin promoted, but more like um, what others and and he finally accepted towards the end of his life is that nature is based on cooperation and mutual mm-hmm. aid, and so it's it's these microorganisms at that very minute biological level that are um, coming into balance. They they are all performing their their functions to for the whole organism because these little microorganisms make up make up a larger organism in our case, the human body. And then we are a a part of an even bigger organism, which is humanity. And together we function as this bigger and bigger entity, you know, and you can expand it all the way up to the universe. That, that understanding that everything's connected and it's all affected. Mm -hmm. So, so what are viruses? Are there viruses or are there not viruses or are there viruses, but they don't, do what we think they do or that's a good question and there's all kinds of ideas on that but the the i would say the traditional theory on viruses is very inept there's uh so many things that uh, there are questions that are unanswered about that um in a terrain theory type model and i'm not the ultimate expert on terrain theory it's just um something that that makes much more sense to me through my investigation mm-hmm. um uh there's the guy that i like that i find to be the most knowledgeable on that sort of thing is uh uh is dr bear lando in his um his how do, how do you spell that so that people it's can... it's um his, his name is bear and it's spelled b-a-r-r-e okay and his last name is uh lando l-a-n-d-o Okay. And he, he practiced this type of medicine, this new German medicine, this um, bioterrain medicine for over 40 years and, you know, helped people heal themselves of all kinds of like uncurable diseases um, kind of on the on the down low because mm-hmm. he, he, he and his friends were persecuted from I mean, he, from the 70s, I think, is when he first started uh, practicing. But um, he's trained in the in the traditional model, right, the allopathic model Mm -hmm. and then he discovered through his own curiosity and wanting to know the truth and um you know finding really good mentors really good teachers he was able to um follow along this path of of this new german medicine they call it too or Mm -hmm. terrain theory Mm -hmm. um and has expanded it even further he's he's been able to take that and kind of evolve it into an even greater understanding with the findings on um consciousness which he calls um waveform mechanics and how that affects he's always saying you got to go upstream you got to go you know past the biological past the chemical and keep going to the source of it and that is 
consciousness level. And so he's able to describe it in a way that I feel is one of the best that I've come across in understanding all of it, really, the, the physical, the spiritual, um, even the, the um, some of the things we're dealing with now, like as, as far as tyrannical governments and whatnot, and how all of it kind of relates. And um, yeah, he's a he's a fascinating dude. I, I really respect his work. But um, if you if the audience is interested in understanding the differences between you know um, traditional germ theory and uh, um, to more biological terrain theory, he's an excellent resource for that. Okay, great. And he has a, a website. Yeah, his uh, website is Alpha Vedic, so it's A L F A, and then V E D I C. Okay. Like the Vedic text. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and his podcast is under the same name. I believe it's still on YouTube, but of course, everybody's being censored these days. So right. they, they're also on cha- other channels as well. And okay. his, his, I'll, uh, put a, partner, I'll put a couple of links on the podcast webpage so that people want to just click on it and check him out. Yeah, his, his partner, um, uh, business partner, um, Mike Winner, is excellent resource too. He'd be a great one to, to interview as well. Ah, okay. Cool. So can you kind of summarize what um, his, his findings have been on, on the uh, difference between the bioterrain model and the, and germ theory and consciousness? Yeah. um, It's, it's basically when we understand that if we, you know, for example, if we fight cancer with chemotherapy, it's like using a nuclear bomb and hoping that, that settles the the issue, right? We're, but we just cause more um, more superorganisms that you know, like MRSA and things like that, with the all the use of antibiotics. And um, if we destroy a whole culture of organisms and um, things in the balance of things, uh, we, we destroy all of it. It's not. It's indiscriminate. Mm-hmm. People use bleach, and for example, and um, and you know, um, antiseptics and um, you know, all the, the, the soaps that they use, you know, antibacterial soaps. Yeah. And that, all that does is it, it kills indiscriminately. So um, people, you know, we know this, but people forget that our skin is full of little microorganisms. And that's, in fact, um, one of my favorite uh, experts on, on skin and beauty and all those kind of uh, products, essential oils and whatnot, is uh, Nadine, Nadine Artemis. She's out mm. of Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she talks about that like kind of like less is more, and if you got to keep that microbiome on your skin layer intact without using all these harsh chemicals, and especially these ones that are designed to kill all the little microorganisms. Right. That that's just going to cause problems down the line, and we we create an environment where you know the, the ones we don't want tend to thrive, and instead of it being in balance in if you think about nature in a in a pristine environment, is it's all balanced. There's multiple kinds of life and, and organisms all um, thriving together because they balance each other out. Right. It, it's not like a sterile. You know, we wipe everything out and then one thing takes over. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, and I, I think this is related. Uh, tell me if it's if I'm off. But we were talking about uh, this interview I was listening to uh, with Julia Cannon, and she was saying because her mother Dolores did thousands yeah. and thousands of regressions, and she was saying that when people were regressed to the 
uh, how shall I call it? Maybe the the initial point of the pain or the or where the cancer or you know the emotion, um, the incidents that that happened, and they went into it and let it go and resolved it. She said cancers just disappeared and tumors just disappeared and and pain just disappeared. Right. It's it's amazing how many you know it comes back to that saying the issues in the tissues right it's the mm-hmm. it's the dramas and the traumas throughout our life and maybe ancestral even through the um, passing on of DNA we're passing on all kinds of information that ends up being expressed and through you know Dr Bruce Lipton's work on mm-hmm. um, biology of belief we know that it's not about the genes that create these things eventually it's the the environment and more importantly the perception of our environment so that that concept of our belief about something whether we live in a in a bad or negative fearful universe or in a friendly universe mm-hmm. has a mm-hmm. great impact on our health and our outcomes of how those genes get expressed which genes get expressed and in what ways because according to dr bruce lipton you know every gene can be read by a thousand different ways mm-hmm. and and then you think about the the fact that our bodies, every cell in our bodies is replaced every two to six years. Every cell mm-hmm. in our bodies is replaced. Why do we keep recreating the same body? I know. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Now, is this is this epigenetics? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it, okay. it, it, it's that idea that, you know, the, the it's the thought forms or mm-hmm. like Rupert Sheldrake would say, the morphogenic fields. There's mm-hmm. different ways of describing that. But that is what fundamentally at the upstream level is causing the genes to express in a certain way and then the eventual biological outcome. But it doesn't start with a chemical. It starts with the information in the consciousness, in the thoughts, and some of those thought forms can be passed down from generation to generation. Who knows? But Mm -hmm. um, I I think that's interesting. And another thing I found fascinating by, and I learned this from Dr. Barilando, is that in a terrain theory model, it sounds crazy, but the more you look into it, the more sense it makes, I think, is that things like cancer, for example, a tumor is part of our body's natural healing process. We think it's the cause, but it's really the body um, in its healing process creates this thing as a tumor. And then eventually, when we change the terrain, that also, which includes the thought forms and the beliefs that we hold, besides you know, nutrition and all those sorts of things, mm-hmm. then then the body will, will realize it doesn't need to create that tumor anymore and it produces enzymes that does digest that tumor. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different way of approaching it. And there's, according to Dr. Berlando, through his, you know, 40 years of doing this, there's several different stages and you have to, you know, approach it in these different ways depending on what stage you're in. But, right. And isn't... Uh, a lot of it is that your body is detoxing rather than, you know, like you have the flu and you're being attacked. Um, it's that we've got all these toxins from so many different sources, especially now, um, and, and that your body is, is is protecting you and detoxifying and getting rid of all, you know, trying to help you get rid of all of these toxins. Exactly. And, and I, it's it's really amazing when you the more you learn about the body and all it does without us even trying or manipulating or controlling it, it is so resilient, so amazing in its ability to counteract all those things that you know mostly humanity has brought 
to our world. It's it's funny that every time these scientists think that they have one up to nature and they figure out we figured out a way to dominate nature and to to control things, they always end up screwing it up. It seems like because we didn't see the ramifications or the all of the um, the an amazing infinite connections and interconnections between things. So nature is simple in its action, but it's complex in, in how it works. I mean, it's so infinitely complex that we probably will never fully understand it. Mm-hmm. But um, but our bodies are part of that. And so we're able to adapt, even though we've got all these um, toxins, whether it be chemical or energetic, you know, with 5G, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. It, it's it, There's so many different things combating us, even our water and the air we breathe. But for most of us, if we optimize those systems, if we're taking care of our body, then it's able to do amazing things for us and keep us healthy and happy. But um, this is why I'm, I'm not a fan of vaccines or a lot of these things where people think science has outdone nature because mm-hmm. there, there's so many, so many side effects to that. So many, um, it's a different approach that we don't really understand what it's doing in, in its action and how that's going to impact all these different systems in our body that, you know, weren't, it, that wasn't designed to be there. Like if you inject something into your, into your veins, that's not a normal pathway. So your body's not designed to take care of that. So it ends up causing all kinds of issues. And the more you dig into that, the more you realize that probably that was never a good idea. And right. people say, well, what about polio and all this stuff? I've heard all of that. Mm-hmm. And when you really dig into it, you realize, oh, these people that made these great improvements that, you know, that it was really for the money, not for not for the betterment of humanity. It was for for wealth and money that they, they created these things like the polio, for example, it was just like typhoid fever and some other diseases at the time. I think it was scarlet fever. Maybe if you look at the graph on once we increased um, the quality of nutrition and hygiene, then all of those diseases started started coming down, right? The, the right. numbers of deaths right. in those. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clear to see that the polio vaccine wasn't introduced until after that had already happened. Right. And so it wasn't because of the vaccine. They took advantage of it. But then because of those vaccines, they have caused all kinds of issues because the body isn't meant to have aluminum in it, for example. Right. And, and then you got like, fluoride in the water that they think oh this is great it's going to be great for people's teeth they tell us well why don't they put vitamin c in the water mm-hmm. why why do they care so much about our teeth well you're you're taking fluoride in systemically i i yeah. often said to people if you feel fluoride really helps the teeth have your dentist painted on don't be <laughs> drinking it right for god's because sakes I, you probably know this but the the fluoride is actually now this may have to do with magnetic fields as well, because apparently the pituitary pineal glands are the, one of the strongest magnetic poles mm. in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so, but the fluoride is attracted. Fluoride is a metal too, for those that don't know that. So right. fluoride is attracted to the the pineal and pituitary gland, and it's also channeling more of the aluminum into the. It helps the aluminum get into the brain as well, from what I from my research. Now that little bit I didn't know. Okay. And we could go on. I mean, the rabbit hole on that is pretty amazing. Right. I don't know if you've gone into the like the ingredients on some of these mRNA vaccines and the current. Well, the the jabs. Yeah. The SM one hundred and two, the graphene oxide, uh, yeah. spike protein. You know, I mean, they're finding they're finding aluminum. Somebody mm-hmm. found aluminum and a couple of other things. 
Have you seen the, and I'm not sure if it's the graphene oxide, because I know that graphene oxide is electrically, magnetically conductive, right. but Dr. Kerry Madej calls it the, it's the hydrogel or the yep. DARPA, DARPA project, whatever mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. called, the hydrogel. But inside this stuff, they've um, shown it not only in the, the jabs, but in the nylon tubes that they use for those swabs. So if you're getting PCR tests up the nostril, you know, in the sinuses. Yep. Those, I've seen the microscopic images that like um, of those fibers, right? They're not like a typical cotton swab. They're nylon tubules that the end is open. And mm -hmm. you, you can see this clearly under a microscopic image that there is something in those tubes, in the tips of them, um, some kind of, it looks like gel. And then when that is pulled out of the upper sinuses, you know, how many people have you heard that had their brain blood-brain barrier broken from the, them God. jamming that thing up so high there, right? <clears throat> well, as the, the uh, swab is retracted, it leaves that trace of these little particles, whether they're the graphene oxide or whatever they are. The interesting thing is they self-organize into structures, into like crystalline structures. This is what's shown under microscopic images. And they're, they're apparently attracted to magnetic poles in the you know, the mm -hmm. strongest magnetic pole in the brain is apparently pituitary pineal gland, mm -hmm. which helps control the endocrine system. So the hormone production and many people, ancient mystics and everything said that the, those were like the centers of the intuition that are, are centers of critical thinking. Um, but anyway, so this structure can, can uh, connect to this pituitary pineal gland and who knows what they can do with that with the amount of research in, into these kind of nefarious projects that those organizations like DARPA and uh, Skunk Works and all these, mm -hmm. you know, government, secret government agencies. MKUltra. MKUltra, yeah. And so if you think about it, if you've got this like graphene oxide structure inside your brain that's connected to your pineal gland, what do, and if we're all bathed in this 5G field, what, what could they do? They could, maybe the zombie apocalypse is a real thing. Maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. I know. I agree with that hypothesis, though, that, I mean, we don't know exactly, but it doesn't look good at all. <clears throat> That's for right. sure. One of the, oh, because we were talking about detoxing, maybe this is a good time to talk about carbon 60, C60, because I'm using it and I've been recommending people use it to help pull the graphene oxide out. I think it's supposed to help pull the spike proteins out too. Yeah, and it, it, it breaks up those... Um the spike proteins as well. Um, there's several different things that work. And the one thing about C60 is it, it, by many people, many people say it's the, the best antioxidant on the planet. And wow, that's a big we, statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and for those that don't, you know, antioxidant sounds like a good thing. Yeah. We've been told we want those, but the reason we want those is because what causes most of the cellular damage and the decay and the aging and all of that, the premature aging is the, the breakdown because of oxidization mm -hmm. and that, that's caused by the free radicals. And these free radicals are these caused by the oxidization. It can be just, you know, exercising or breathing or, you know, sunlight can cause some of this. And what happens is that these molecules lose electrons and then they go run through the body trying to, to get other electrons to balance themselves out, to neutralize their magnetic balance. Right. And so when they take those from other cells from other molecules within cells, then they or they, they end up like making the, the molecule disorganized, basically or, um, degenerate because it's missing electrons. And so if you can bring something in that donates electrons, 
and C60 is amazing at this, then you can neutralize that free radical damage that's happening. Oh, it's causing. Oh, I knew it worked. That was a great explanation because I, yeah. I knew it worked. I just, I, I guess I really didn't know exactly what the pathophysiology of it was. Yeah. And the, the way they found this stuff is because C60 is called C60 because it's, it's carbon 60, carbon molecule made up of 60 atoms. And so, the, and, but the cool thing about this is it's in a form of a ball, a sphere that's uh, kind of like a, you can think of a soccer ball. I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. They called a Bucky ball too for Buckminster Bucky ball, Fuller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was another genius, another amazing guy who's a lot of ideas were kind of repressed for a while. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So the, the Bucky ball in structure is good for multiple things. It, one, it doesn't break down because it's, it's molecular structure is a sphere. So I know um, one of the guys that I uh, sell his product, uh, Max Champy, mm -hmm. he was using this as a lubricant because they found out that the sphere in these C60 product, C60 molecules, would make uh, an excellent lubricant because it's spherical. So it's going to roll like little ball bearings, but not break down. Oh. They were doing this in other places too, but they found they had to do the, I think they called it the LD50 test on it to figure out what the lethal dose was. And mm -hmm. so there were several different experiments. The famous one is the one in France where two uh, researchers were testing it on rats and they, you know, a typical lifespan for a lab rat is about two years. Okay. And some of, the, some of these lab rats lived up to six years where they find, then they finally had to kill the rats just to, to figure out what was going on. Right. And why these rats were, you know, living so long, no matter how much C60 they were feeding them, injecting them, they were uh, doing all sorts of things. But, um, oh, wow. the, the results showed that when they dissected the rats, the, their organs look like those of young rats. And so that the, their aging process had been slowed dramatically. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it wasn't reversing, but it was slowing the aging process. Well, through other further experiments, they found that like the telomere length, if, and I'm sure you know about telomeres, yep. but for the audience members that don't, the telomeres are those little ends of the DNA strand, right? Or some people compare them to uh, the caps on the ends of shoelaces. And when those start to unravel, then the, the structure of the DNA uh, falls apart and then that causes degeneration too, right? So mm -hmm. if you can keep those intact, some people say that, the length of that telomere uh, determines is a pretty good indicator of how much lifespan you have left. Right. Mm -hmm. Because normally, they're you know every time the cell replicates it, it takes a little bit more of that, that okay. end, and they eventually have nothing left. They found through uh, research that these telomere uh, ends actually lengthen uh, when you're on C60 when you're taking C60 consistently. So wow. And, well, yeah, so I'm going to keep taking it. I won't <laughs> stop. That's for sure. I didn't know that. Wow. It's it's detoxification benefit too is great too because of that structure. Um, not only does it bring electrons throughout the body because it's a really tiny little structure. There's so many in, in each dose. It's like quadrillions of these little guys. Mm -hmm. But um, and they they can go through the blood brain barrier, so they help with people with you know cognition issues, Alzheimer's, things like that. The owner of the company that I, one of the companies that I sell, his mom was in her nineties at the time, I believe. And she was, he was starting to, you know, use this as a lubricant. And then he found out he was hearing about these experiments in France that they were, you know, lengthening the life lives of these rats and people were starting to use them on human trials and stuff like that. But so he was starting to use it himself. And then he 
wanted to see if it would help his 90 year old mother who had severe Alzheimer's. She didn't know her name and mm. um, she wasn't functioning very well, but he started putting her on uh, pretty good doses of the C60. And he says he, he was able to basically reverse her Alzheimer's to where she was even able to get her driver's license back. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah. I don't think she's around anymore, but she lived uh, quite a few more years, very healthy years. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a, what a gift. Amazing. Right. <laughs> And uh, I've heard, I mean, I've sold it to people from, you know, all over the world. And I, I know people that have, you know, helped their their mothers too, their elderly mothers um, reverse their health into more functioning order and whatnot. But uh, so many people tell me that like these chronic pain issues, chronic this or that, all kinds of issues relieved by it because C60 works at such a foundational level. So mm -hmm. if, if you can stop that process of, of where things happen on the, really the, atomic level, then, then you can, you know, help all kinds of what we think of as disease or uh, health conditions. Mm -hmm. You know, I really had no idea the broad range of benefits of it. That's really great to know. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, not really expensive, but it's not cheap, you know. Uh, right. There are so many things that one can take. It's, I mean, that it really sounds like that's right at the top there. I, I know that N-acetylcysteine and zinc are really important right now for spike protein, graphene oxide issues. I, I think C60 is right up there with, with those, maybe yeah. even more so. <clears throat> As I know uh, Cliff High is one of those guys that really recommends it. Uh, David Wolf, uh, several people recommend it for what we've got going on now, especially those people that have taken the vaccine and regretted it and they want to do something to, to repair some of that damage, you know, that what you mentioned, mm -hmm. the NAC and C60 is really great for, you know, healing at that atomic level and detoxification too, because you can think of it much like charcoal. It's so multifaceted that there are a lot of these things can, that are floating throughout the body that we want to get rid of. They can create a really good bond to these things. And because C60 isn't assimilated into the tissues, it just passes through within about 10 days, they say, mm, then, okay. then it's really good for eliminating all those things that we have difficulty um, getting back out of our body. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I if I forgot. Cliff High is where I heard about C60. That's He's the one who got Me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, what's funny is that, I, well, actually, I, I did hear about it from someone else, but he's the one that really kick-started my business in selling C60 because uh -huh. he, uh, I, I met... Um, Ken Schwartz, who's the, he makes the C60 Purple Power, which was one of the first really big popular brands. And we still sell that on Vital Web Source. But um, he uh, was a friend of Cliff High's and, you know, sent some of this to Cliff High. Cliff High tried it out and he started promoting it. Right. On, and as soon as he started promoting it, his audience is so huge that, man, the sales were just through the roof for a while. It was, it, it, in fact, uh, Ken Schwartz was so overwhelmed by people wanting to try it that uh, he just shut his website down because he just couldn't handle the, the amount of traffic. And so um, I was the only, his only other retailer. So, Oh uh, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised because when I, because um, when I, I looked into it after Cliff mentioned it in one of his videos and I ended up going for, for some reason I felt drawn to this Fuller Life C60, which is uh, water soluble instead of in olive oil. And, um, oh shoot, I had just had, ugh, I hate that senior moment 
wait a minute. Um, <laughs> what was I? <laughs> Why did I say that? Uh, oh, darn. Okay. The fuller life um, you were talking about? Yeah, but why I... Um... I'm not sure. You, you're saying that, that that's a different technology and it's using like those uh, little film pieces that you put mm-hmm. on your tongue. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know um, that technology and how effective it is, but I do know that um, Max Jampy, who has uh, Live Longer Labs, and mm-hmm. that's the other brand uh, we sell, um, he, you know, the, there's, I think there's six or seven of them with PhDs that work at this lab and they're, they're constantly going over all the things that you can do with C60 and, you know, trying to optimize the product. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I I find it curious that he hasn't come up with something like that unless there's some reason, but who knows, but he, he does have a product that has, it's bonded to black seed oil, which is probably our most popular product now. Mm -hmm. Um, and black seed, you know, everybody knows it's been used for. Sayer G's been talking about black seed oil for a while. Yeah, it's been used for thousands of years. It was found in uh, King Tut's tomb too. Uh, the black seed is really regarded for its health benefits. You know, throughout history, really, it's one of the most studied uh, oils for health and longevity. But um, so there's a product that's bonded. The C60 molecule is bonded to the black seed, and then he's got one that also has the curcumin, which is also a great. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-inflammatory antioxidant right and so you get the like the trifecta there with that one. Oh, that's interesting yeah, yeah. Hmm. i'll have to look into that the other thing uh, i just wanted to mention was because i mentioned zinc and nac it's my understanding that unless you're using a zinc supplement that is specifically formulated to be able to penetrate the cells, that zinc actually has difficulty getting into the cells. And that's one of the reasons why it's a good idea to take quercetin with it, because quercetin does something to make zinc more bioavailable. Exactly. It's it, um, And a lot of people you know, have heard of hydroxychloroquine and things like that. Yep. And mm-hmm. what that does is it allows the zinc into the cell. Well, Quercetin is the natural product. You know, Dr. McCola is one of the guys that's been really uh, promoting that for a while. Mm-hmm. That you know, it allows more zinc to be bioabsorbed into the cell, um, so it can do its function. But it's it's kind of like just like a, um, like basically, yeah, like the guy opens the door <laughs> mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. for the zinc to come in. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because if people are just taking zinc and they're not taking one that's formulated to be more bio- bioavailable or adding quercetin in, they're not getting much benefit from it. Yeah. A lot of these things work synergistically too. So mm-hmm. um, they work together uh, better than they do alone. Right. Right. So, Scott, why don't you uh, tell people a little bit about your company? Because um, you've mentioned it and I wanted you to anyway, but what you you know, what you, uh, have available and name of it and, you know, whatever you want to tell us about your company. Yeah. I, uh, I've always been a, like really into delving into deep into things to figure out the truth. What is the truth? You know, what makes us healthy, happy, you know, ability to feel more alive and enjoy our life and what's it all for, right? Those Mm -hmm. existential questions. And, um, so I, I would say most of my life was spent towards that, towards understanding that. And then when I started realizing how important it is that we optimize our biology so that that affects our psychology in mm-hmm. such a powerful way that if we can if we can just start there, then we're able to take that psychological, spiritual level to a whole new level. Yes. But um, so I was really interested in all c- kinds of 
not only just the supplements, but also the biohacking tools. The um, <laughs> there's so many different uh, frequency medicine devices and things like that that uh, I've researched over the years. Nikola Tesla's stuff and Wilhelm Reich and Rife and all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I met a guy that <laughs> kind of a wizard kind of person who lives in uh, Bend, Oregon, um, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but he he's the one that introduced me to a lot of these devices too and some of this this new understanding of things. So I kind of went further down that path and, and started making connections and things like that and listening to more and more all the time, absorbing as much as I could. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can I share this with people? And so I, I, I wanted to make my life about that. That's why I was like, well, I'm going to make my, you know, I could do other things that are going to make more money. But for me, it, I want to do something that makes a difference. It makes a positive impact on mm-hmm. individuals, but also collectively. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I started uh, Vital Life Source. I had, I had another site before that I worked on quite a bit mm-hmm. called um, Cafe Namaste. And um, <laughs> that was meant to kind of do what you're doing, like interview interesting people and bring out new ideas and things like that. But mm-hmm. for me, it was hard to sustain that economically. And I realized, you know, if I started a, 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 a site where people could, you know, uh, get a hold of these um, items like the mm-hmm. supplements and the healing devices, then, then that might be a better have to support all that vision. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, d- I certainly don't make any money doing this. I, I spend money on my podcast <laughs> yeah. Yeah, provider, you know. And, and all the time you spend. Yeah, yeah. Research it's it's my service. It's my service, you know. That's I, a great thing you've done. I, I really enjoy doing it. So it's vitalvibesource.com. Uh-huh. And this is actually how we connected because we connected through Dr. Patrick Flanagan's work. And I remember when his book, which many will know of, uh, Pyramid Power, I mean, I was making pyramids all over the place. I remember I was living in in Western Massachusetts, and I remember I had a meditation room, and I made this big pyramid to meditate in, and I had a pyramid I made on top of my bed, above my bed, and I had pyramids to charge things and you know, I was having a lot of fun making pyramids. So that's how I knew of him. And then I was listening to uh, an on Guy MTV Open Minds Regina Meredith uh, interview him. Right. And yeah. and so I went online and I, I went because he talked about his technologies and um, learned about the Neurophone and the Sensor 5. And that's how we connected. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, Dr. Patrick Flanagan, he's another really fascinating character. Um, who just passed away like uh, maybe a year and a half ago, um, mm. but such a brilliant guy and such a big heart too. But he, um, in fact, I really found out more about him through that same uh, those same interviews with mm-hmm. Regina. I'm I'm a friend of Regina's, and she would tell me about Patrick Flanagan in our conversations. Mm. But I had heard about him before, like way back from uh, David Wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, he would he was friends with Patrick Flanagan as well. And and so I started taking Mega Hydrate, this this hydrogen project product we can talk about if you'd like. But well, I wanted to ask you just just curiously, in case we don't get back to that. But is that like deuterium depleted water? No, it's it's different. Um, okay. It, 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 one of the ways it functions, like uh, as far as from my understanding, the, the way that uh, Dr. Flanagan Flanagan, sorry, Patrick Flanagan uh, describes it, he's saying that this. Um, Basically, the mega hydrate is this uh, 
uh, contains this negatively ionized hydrogen, which is what, you know, brings the health benefits from like freshly juiced uh, juices and things like that. Okay. It, you could think of it as the life force or whatnot, but it's not, it's not like oxygen. It's, it's the polar opposite to oxygen. So it's helping bring that balance in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it actually lowers the pH, uh, from what my understanding is. Mm. And what they found is like, if you, if you oxygenate a system a lot, the, it will kill off the microorganisms. But then we have that those repercussions from the oxidization causes damage, mm-hmm. right? But if instead you can lower that, is it the redox potential is what it is, not okay. the pH. It's the redox potential. So the higher means uh, less oxygen, or I'm mean, sorry, less electrons, okay. and a lower redox potential is more electrons. And so if you bring in more electrons, then it kind of neutralizes that without causing the damage it's not the killing of microorganisms it's basically creating an environment where they want they don't want to be anymore those pathogenic ones oh interesting yeah and so that's kind of how it works on a real generalistic way but he's a fascinating character let's talk about um, patrick flanagan really quick and then Mm -hmm. uh, i'll bring up that in a little bit later but so he he uh i think he was born around uh in the 40s mid 40s and by the time he was 13 he was He's like a, a genius, but he had gotten polio and from the vaccine, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but he, he healed from that, but he was always kind of a, a stunted guy. He was a gymnast, but he was pretty short, and he was kind of more of a, I guess you could say kind of a nerdy kind of person, but he, he would really di- dive into like Nikola Tesla stuff and all, all of these research that was kind of suppressed at the time. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to learn more and more. And he said, how can I learn more? Because I sleep. So I have to sleep. And so he wanted a way to learn while he was sleeping. <laughs> and so he, he did some research. And at 13 years old, he figured out a way to create a device that would, he put these, um, what they call transducers on the side of his head. And they were silver plates with a coating on the top. And then he put a, a field similar to what Tesla would use. It's high voltage, but low amperage, I think it is. So it's basically uh, stimulating the layer of the skin. And then what they found out later, how it works, he didn't know at the time, but it stimulates the skin and the saccule, which is a little uh, organ that we think of being used for orientation and uh, equilibrium and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And these little organs have these little tiny like sand-like particles in them. And when those oscillate, they send a signal from, so they're oscillated by the signal that we put on the skin with these transducers. I'm actually wearing mine right now. But uh, so the signal goes through that saccule, then there's a connection directly to those parts of the brain that are, that are shown to be, you know, the regions where long-term memory is activated. So instead of through our, so they've studied this um, with a, PET scans, and they found that when people are uh, stimulated through the uh, audio canal, they're you know, normally normal speech or, or whatnot, it stimulates the short-term memory, and if it's not repeated, then we usually forget it because we got to repeat it several times. Well, with this type of uh, stimulation, it goes through the saccule into the longer parts of the brain so that recall and cognition and everything, long-term cognition, is really affected by that in, in a positive way. So 
um, he was doing that at 13 years old, you know, and uh, wow. I think by the time he was 17, he was on the cover of Life magazine as a like the wonder boy for all of his uh, scientific inventions at the time. You know, he was working for the government and military and all these little projects that they'd have him do. Wow. Fascinating. I just want to say, so when I'm using my neurophone, I really should like have an audio book going. Well, it, it, one of the things it does is it uses that square wave known as a lily wave. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't tire the nerves. It works in a different way. But it, it, you can, it stimulates that kind of like the Schumann resonance of the earth. It, mm -hmm. It's this thing that we should be tuned into, uh, which helps regulate the biology in our body in a, in a way that nature designed, right? But instead, we've got all these artificial synthetic signals happening, which causes more of the deterioration. Mm-hmm. And that's a long subject to do, but so if you can, um, neurophone stimulates that reconnection to that, that type of frequency that, that everything is like, uh, reset basically. Ah. Oh. But you, it also has a port that you can port in like audio signals, like, uh, uh, audio books and, um, different, even you could just read off something and then replay that through a device through the neurophone and that will, that signal will actually be stimulated uh, through the transducers into your skin and through your saccule to your long-term memory storage. So like if you were doing affirmation, positive yeah. affirmation or something like that? Yeah, any of that stuff. Um, I wear mine even when I'm just reading or watching something because it gets you in that state in, into a more alpha state that you're able to integrate more of that information mm. in a better way. So you don't have to necessarily have it ported through the through the, the device through an electrical signal just by getting your brain synchronized because the other thing they've found through research is that it synchronizes the two hemispheres of the brain the right brain knows what the left brain is doing and vice versa oh. usually there's kind of a disconnect there wow i did not know all this information i i tend to buy things on you know if it feels right <laughs> Yeah, so, well, that's important too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I also like to know the underlying, you know, the technology, what actually, how and why it works. Yeah. And it, so it, anyway, I was going to say that he, um, you know, was working with the military. He, he he won some kind of award. And these were, this was kind of a think tank with the brightest minds at the time. And one of the guys that also received an award that he met and became friends with was um, this guy, Dr. Henry uh, Kawanda. And he, that guy was amazing too. He, you know, we don't really hear about him, but just a few years after the Wright brothers flew their plane, he invented the first jet engine, the oh first jet airplane. Yeah. And flew it <laughs> on accident really. But he, uh, he, he flew it himself um, in 1909 or something like that. It was really early on. Wow. So that's, and then he became uh, also famous for, you know, he was an expert at fluid dynamics. And so mm -hmm. the military was using him for like torpedo, projects and things like that. And that's how we met Patrick Flanagan. Well, you know, he was in his eighties at the time, I believe. And before he died, he gave all of his life's research into his, his most prized project, which was looking for the, what he called the fountain of youth. And it, he knew there was something in water that was, that was very important with, with health and longevity. And so he gave all that research to Patrick Flanagan, you know, at 17 or whatever it was. And so he, basically started with all of that prior knowledge from Henry Kawanda and then just built upon that for another 30, 40 years. So. Wow. 
And it was my understanding that he, I think he had a photographic memory. I mean, he could, he could yeah. just zoom through books really fast and retain all of it. Oh, if you go to the, if you, in Sedona, there's the Flanagan Library, which is a great place to stop by through there. Um, there's like, I think 4,500 books there in, in that library. Well, and, and it's like stuff that you can't find anywhere else. It's like this real esoteric, really cool stuff. You know, all of his notebooks and things on Egypt and Tesla and all, all the great um, scientific geniuses back in the day that they got suppressed. He's got a lot of that stuff in that library. It's really an amazing place. But yeah, he was able to just soak up information, go through books so fast and then remember it like because he had that photographic memory. But he attributes a lot of it to the neurofoam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the other products that he's famous for, and he probably spent more time on developing, was that the Mega Hydrate product. And, and what he did is he went through Coanda's research and he found they were trying to study the longest lived communities, peoples uh, around the world. And they found that the Hunza people had the most number of centurions, so the most people living over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And so when they, when this Henry Coanda went there and investigated what they were doing, he found out that it was, uh, they were getting something out of the water that was causing it to have such great health and wellness. So he found that, you know, these, these old ancient blue glaciers were, uh, is where the water came from. And since then they found other places throughout the world that have that same quality water. And so he knew it was something about that. And so, um, Patrick Flanagan had the samples that uh, this, um, Henry Kwanda had taken all those years back and you know of course Patrick Flanagan had all the devices to study it and everything in more depth and when he studied these samples they found out that the water still had that aliveness to it in these qualities that were much better than than any kind of water we could get in normal society but he found out that they have two things in common or two two things that most water doesn't and one of them was these little tiny clusters of silica which it, which is in his product, the mega hydrate. And then that traps these little negative ionized hydrogen ions into the, into these little buckyball like structures. Once again, this instead of C60 carbon, this, these are made out of silica and they're naturally found in this glacier water. But he was able after like 30 years of research, a lot of time put into this, he was finally fig- figured out how to create these micro clusters. So he patented these, this development of this, the way to make these microclusters that you find in this glacial water uh, to hold this negatively ionized hydrogen, because normally that doesn't last. It's it's unbalanced, so it, it'll just dissipate within a few, you know several minutes. Well, that's what I was wondering. So, yeah. so but you're talking about these samples that were taken decades before they mm-hmm. were still viable because of the those little silica. Uh, molecules in there, wow. the microclusters, and they're super tiny. They're really tiny. I used to know the analogy for how many you could line up on a head of a pin, but <laughs> it's, it's quite a bit. They're they're really small, but they and the negatively ionized hydrogen is really tiny. So anyway, those those can become trapped when you take this powder that he's made. It dissolves in water because it's silica, and silica is like what sand's made out of or glass, right? But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when you put it in water, it dissolves the the clusters of these and releases the negatively ionized hydrogen so that you, you adjust that. And then it's really good. Again, it's one of those things that works at such a foundational level that it, it can help to almost any kind of health condition. Wow. Um, and, and this is fascinating too. So in Sedona for a long time, I'm not sure if they still do it or not, but 
they were using mega hydrate in the ER there for any kind of venom, the spider bites, oh, or scorpion, mm-hmm. scorpion mm-hmm. and snakes. Mm-hmm. Because usually when we get in contact with something like that, it dumps the electrons out of the body because you can bring in such a massive amount of electrons with this mega hydrate. They were able to, you know, have full recoveries within a short number of hours, uh, better than any other kind of alternative treatment because the mega hydrate can bring in such a massive amount of, uh, of these negatively ionized hydrogen uh, ions in the electrons that are released from that. So, Interesting. Huh. That's fascinating. Wow. That I, well, obviously it's something I have to try. <laughs> yeah. And it, we, we have it both in powder. So I take it in a powder and I just put a little tiny, uh, like a eighth of a teaspoon that you pour, put in your water and you stir it up and it doesn't taste too bad. I don't think I, I mean, especially if you've had, you know, black seed by itself, it's <laughs> really bitter. <laughs> um, there's some other things out there too, but this is, I, you know, it's not that bad. Uh-huh. And I just drink it down. It's kind of interesting because the hydrogen gets released, you know, as you're drinking it. And then you almost immediately have to burp because the hydrogen wants to escape. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so don't do it in public. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you, but you can also get it in capsules. So if you get it in capsules, it's a, you know, a little gelatin capsule that will release over time. Um, so you can get it that way too. Oh, okay. Oh, and I just remembered what I, when I had my senior moment. So, because you were talking about the C60, the Purple Power C60, they had a run on that. When I went to order my C60 from Fuller Life, they were out because I think that's what I had wanted to say, because I think um, it was starting to get around that C60 is really good for pulling out the spike protein and the graphene oxide and helping to, you know, detoxify you. So they they had a run on it and they were out of it. It's very... um, uh... Not only, you have to have the right equipment to produce the actual C60 molecules. Mm-hmm. They're, it's really expensive. It's um, by weight, it's way more expensive than gold. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's it doesn't take much for for each bottle because they're so tiny. But um, to get enough to make to manufacture it is is challenging for because there are so many people using it. And then um, it also is a good shield, I, I guess, for radiation. From what I hear, so I know that like NASA uses it in different. People use it for industrial purposes, but also health um, health reasons. Oh wow! Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of really good reasons to take it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've been taking it for uh, six or seven years. No more than that. Yeah, almost eight years now. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, I, I think I've just been taking it for uh, about three months now. So I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you think after the time. I just, for me, I, I mean, I, I don't notice any chronic pain anymore and just my health and uh, energy levels tend to be pretty good over over time so mm-hmm. well I definitely have some chronic pain so that'll be my marker <laughs> yeah and and then if you don't feel anything you, can, you know try more because there's really no again they never found a lethal dose so mm-hmm. there is no uh, really negative side effects I mean I would say with people that have a lot of health conditions start up slow because there can be like a detox effect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you take too much at once and then suddenly your body's, you know, getting rid of too much too fast. Right. But for most people, um, especially if you don't feel anything at first, just up your dose. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Good to know. You know, was cause Patrick Flanagan was into free energy 
stuff too, right? Yeah, he's he's got quite a bit of that research at his library, and mm. you know, like he he was a big fan of Nikola Tesla. And for those of your audience that don't know Nikola Tesla, he's known for creating AC alternative current uh, power to the first hydro dam, mm-hmm. the first transmission of uh, wireless energy. But he also it was the one of the first people to really develop a free energy device that was able to basically uh, produce more energy than you put into it. And a lot of naysayers, critics will say, oh, that's impossible. It, uh, negates the second law of thermodynamics or whatnot, but they don't understand. <laughs> it's again one of those things like it's hard to understand things when you've got the wrong map and you're looking mm-hmm. at it from classical physics. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't make you know much sense, but in a more ancient understanding and now a more modern with quantum physics, kind of merge these together. These ancient understandings with the quantum understanding that that space is not empty. That we're in a field that's basically alive, it's got an infinite potential. It can. This is where everything is manifest from. It's the intelligent field, whatever you want to call that. There's so many different mm-hmm. names, but Nikola Tesla figured out a way to tap into that, and so that is where the infinite energy comes from. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's creating it from the three D. It's it's he's like basically pulling it from the ether, using the ether itself as the source of energy. And so he was able to power his automobile. He had a, a pace arrow, like a 1920s pace arrow, whatever it was, big, you know, heavy car, but he took mm-hmm. the engine out and put in an electric motor, basically, and then hooked up to this transmission. And he was driving around in this, this car that was just the first wireless electric car of its time, I mean, ever produced, probably. But um, it, and then wow. I, I mean, maybe people know the story, but he wanted to create that. Wardenclyffe Tower, not as a, it kind of the guise was as a radio transmitter, but it was a to meant, it was meant to transmit free energy to everyone. And his financier, the J.P. Morgan at the time, didn't want that because he wanted to make money from the energy, and so he basically uh, thwarted all of his efforts in that and destroyed and had the lab destroyed and whatnot. But the, since then, I mean, there's been so many people. Thomas Bearden is another great one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you come across his mm-hmm. work? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Medini uh, made a magnetic version. But the, essentially, there's a lot of different ways to create this. Another guy is um, Brown. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but Brown's Gas, the HHO mm-hmm. uh, technology, okay. and, which I've experimented with some. But it, what it does is it's, depending on the device that you use, it's all essentially tapping into that ether field and using that for uh, electrical potential mm-hmm. eventually. Well, how how different the world would be if we had that? Absolutely. I mean, I mean that would just change everything. Yeah. If everybody a lot of our... was if everybody had access to all the energy they needed, and it was right. free. Imagine what we could create. Wow. We're, we're limited, really, by by that lack of free energy right now. But if we, especially with the right attitude, I you know some people destructive minds could probably do some pretty negative things with that as well. But uh, I just imagine all those um, amazing projects that people could create and help humanity if we had that more uh, allowed. You know, I know several people. I know Nassim Haramine, for example, Mm -hmm. that that you're friends with too. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so jealous of your conversation with him. (laughs) 
I would love to just hang out on the beach with Nassim Hermine. I know. I was so lucky. I was just telling somebody, I've got to find my journal because after hanging out with him, I went back to where I was staying and I took copious notes because it was just, you know, the things he was telling me, I was just so fascinated. And I, I want to find that and refresh my memory. His, yeah. his model is brilliant. I mean, I just, I find him, his explanation of how the universe works, you know, tying that cosmological with the super quantum level, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a way that's so harmonious and he's able to explain things and then tie in these ancient mystical concepts to like the tree of life and the flower of life. Mm -hmm. I, it's just amazing how he was able to do that. I, I find him to be so brilliant, but yep. he's one of my favorites, but, um, mm -hmm. but he, I, I don't know if uh, you've seen his latest series on Gaia. No, he did. Oh, yeah, it's he he breaks down a lot of his philosophy and uh, his research and then towards the end he starts getting into the free energy thing and it, basically um he and his um uh partners have created like a a mini star a mini oh. black hole uh and this is you know another great way to produce free energy but I'm not sure if he'd even admit if he'd actually figured out a way to do it yet or not but I know he's working on it um and a lot of people think it's going to take the, you know, the consciousness to change of the of society before we can really have that. But mm -hmm. maybe that's you know. part of the awakening of humanity that yeah. has been foreseen. I agree. You know, I would think that that making having free energy developed to the point where it can be accessible to everyone would be a part of that. And have a, a, a type of technology that wasn't producing any kind of uh, negative aspect like right. you're not burning any fossil fuels you're not having to like strip mine land to get you know materials for batteries and whatnot you could just have it directly fueled by that that energy yeah wow well i wanted to just can you just touch on this on his sensor five on patrick flanagan's sensor five before we wrap up yeah this is a good time to actually introduce that because if with that understanding like that Nassim Haramein and these others talk about Nikola Tesla, that the field, this energy that we live in, um, and this is another reason why I'm so interested in megalithic sites around the world is because those sites were designed to channel, to funnel though that energy, you can call it a uh, you know, tachyon field, torsion field, mm -hmm. uh, scalar, all of that superluminal light. But anyway, that, that energy um, can be orchestrated, manipulated in a way if we, if we use it, Correctly, and that's what Patrick Flanagan was tapping into with his book, that you know, the Pyramid Power. Mm -hmm. uh, he, and I, I guess he was one of the first people to actually spend the night in the King's Chamber, and he'd been to Egypt so many times. But I was—I had done that just a couple of years ago. I went to Egypt and um, got to you know lie in that King's Chamber inside that sarcophagus. Um, oh, that's on my Patrick. list. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. <laughs> but I was just thinking about all the, the people throughout history that are probably laid in that same spot and just the energy there is just so phenomenal. And then as, as soon as you get there to those temples and pyramids, you realize the story we were told is there's no way that's true. There's, there's so much more to it. And they, they knew so much back then. And whoever designed this, some people say it was, you know, Thoth or he goes by Toth or Thoth or Jehuti or mm -hmm. several different names, mm -hmm. but who knows, but whoever designed that was, yeah, way beyond, you know, like normal human level. But um, right. anyway, so the sensor five is kind of on that same kind of theory or technology in that it's using the field 
And this one that's emanated from our heart is the strongest one in our biofield. And the okay. Institute of Heart Math has you know, proven that with all their experiments. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it amplifies that, but it also takes in that natural energy too. And because it's, it's dished in that perfect phi ratio, and then it, there's a bunch of um, five-sided pyramids. And now all those pyramids are super precise down to a really tiny level. So that how many are there? You know, that's a, I think there's 30, <laughs> 33, I think, or something like that. There's it's of course it's going to be some uh, sacred number, but um, but the, the I know right. it, it took them years to get it that precise and that perfect, and they make them out of bronze and then coat them in in gold, and so this mm -hmm. has an electromagnetic um, potential tube in, in how it how it takes that field and then amplifies it. So they say that whatever is coming out of your heart is amplified and this can do several things it can you know if you're feeling in that good state and whatnot it can amplify that field and so a lot of the negativity that's going on around you it can kind of protect you from that if there's 5g radiation they say it harmonizes it doesn't block the energy but it can harmonize that in a way that's more healthy to the body and less harmful a lot of people say that that comes down to the orientation of the electrons you know, there's, there's still a lot of research being done on that and how it works in that way, but it is, it is helping shape that and amplify that field. But the only thing is if you're, if you're generating negative disempowering thoughts yourself, then you probably don't want to be wearing it at that point. Um, like we were talking about before. It's a, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah. I discovered that because as I was telling you, there are days when, oh, I just feel really down and, and sad about everything that's going on I've in the world. Do, right? and, um, and I was felt like I was feeling pretty crappy. And my girlfriend was saying how she felt like it was giving her energy and, and it was so uplifting. And she said, you know, maybe when you're feeling that way, you shouldn't wear it. And I went, oh, yeah. duh. She picked up on not. that intuitively, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Flanagan wore his all the time. And um, that's when I first heard about Patrick Flanagan the first time was because I was noticing this necklace that David Wolf was wearing all the time. I was like, that's really cool. What is that? I found out that mm, it was, mm -hmm. you know, his friend was Patrick Flanagan, and Patrick Flanagan designed it with another guy, Dr. Auer Manish, who I've got an uh, interview with him, too, on my website. But, yeah, it, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so the, uh, Patrick Flanagan was a big fan of it, and a lot of his friends are still wearing those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And is is it... Like, can you use the Neurophone and the Sensor 5 at the same time, or or is it best to, like, not have one on when you use it oh no i think there's it. probably a synergistic effect with any of that and if you go to the website you look on the the picture of the neurophone has a sri yantra on the on the front of it which is also on the mm -hmm. interesting on the front door of the flanagan library they've got a big sri yantra symbol oh. but then that goes back to that idea that there's there's power in those symbols that they've been used for a long time for a reason so this is interesting too. Patrick Flanagan has a patent on how to draw a Sri Yantra correctly. So it's it's that it's, oh my he spent goodness. Like, like, <laughs> it was way over a year really studying how to draw it correctly, like the way that the ancients were. You know, it was kind of a secret hidden knowledge, but he figured it out uh -huh. through all this time to figure out how to, to draw precisely. And yeah, you can see he's got a patent on how, how to draw one of those. But yeah. Wow, that's dedication, yeah. man. <laughs> Focus. But I think all dedication. these things, yeah, it really works synergistically together. Um, just like people who are into crystals, uh -huh. you know, you don't just stop with one crystal because <laughs> mm -hmm. you get 
oh, so wow. many kinds of different different shapes and different um, makeups, you know, different colors. They they all have a, a good impact together usually. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you can't stop with just one anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody with just one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I had my aromatherapy company, um, I used to go, this had been in the 80s, I used to go to a lot of the gem shows and, you know, and I was able to buy wholesale because I had a business, right? And (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I used to stock up. I actually, over the years, I gave a lot of, a lot of pieces away to people who I thought, you know, could benefit from them. But I I still have a a fair, fair number. Did you ever go to the Gaia, um, Gaia TV or... If you go to their headquarters there in, in outside of Boulder, they got the and it, the mm-hmm. owner of, of Gaia, his name is Yurka, and he's a big uh, collector of giant crystals. Well, they, they have them displayed at the Gaia headquarters. Oh. These, these things are massive, just beautiful, gorgeous crystals. But oh, yeah, I would love that. He'd probably pull <laughs> yeah, away. <me> too. <laughs> So is there anything that you, Scott, that you would like to finish with or anything, something that you wanted to share that you haven't yet? We covered quite a bit of ground, but um, it, yeah, it, yeah, you know, I, I love uh, providing good customer service uh, to people. And that's one of my favorite things is, is talking to people like you. And uh, I've met so many fascinating people and, you know, sometimes they, they just want to know basic questions. And I, so I, I still understand because, you know, even at that intro level, a newbie, I was once one of those too. And I, you know, it's, I, I love mm-hmm. like, um, uh, I guess inspiring people to go explore things on their own, to go explore new ideas that maybe they haven't mm-hmm. come across. And so if they want to contact me through the website or if they have any questions, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to help. Great. Yeah. Isn't it fun to inspire others and, and, and help them learn about new, new things. And it, it, I just, yeah, I find it to be so much fun and, and, uh, and it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and even those things like that's going on today, you know, sometimes it's not just empowering things that we're sharing, but how to, to stay, um, like a, a sovereign being and stay, you know, internally sourced mm-hmm. even in challenging times. Um, so those, those tools that we yes. can use even in challenging times are important to share as well, I think, but I, I love sharing that the really empowering, just really fascinating stuff too. I agree. Well, oh, Scott, this has really been a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Too. Yeah, I, you have such a breadth and, and depth of knowledge. And I'm really happy we covered a lot of ground because uh, there were just so many really interesting things that uh, that you were able to share with people. And uh, so remember, it's Vital Vibe. Source, yeah, you uh, got source? it. Great. Vitalvibesource.com. And of course, I will also put a a link on the podcast website so people can just click on it if they want. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is really Thank you, Janine. I've enjoyed all our conversations and this has been a really fun conversation as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you, Scott Helton, for your dedication to learning about all of these wonderful tools and technologies for yourself, not only, but so that you can be of service to others. I really appreciate that attitude and that that sense of wanting to really help others uh, create a better life for themselves. Remember, the podcast website is realjanine.com and Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. I'm sure that you know 
family or uh, a friend that would benefit from this conversation and really enjoy it. So please share. And also remember my podcast conversations, their little video slideshows are on BitChute now. Uh, all of the ones previous to, I should look to see exactly what the date is, but the ones previous to my conversation with Dr. Susharit Bhakti are still on YouTube, but all of the conversations since then are, are now on BitChute. So until next time, take care and be well. Thank you.